name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. I'm going to miss masks, and I'll tell you why. I'm assuming, first of all, I should say that I assume at some point we won't need to wear masks in every situation. I don't I don't know. I can't guarantee. If they go away, if finally we say, we're good, we've got it, people who are vax, vax, and people who aren't, this what it is, and we're done, right? Masks will go away. I'm going to miss them, and here's why. This might surprise you. When, when I see somebody wearing a mask, and they're wearing it under their nose... I know exactly how they vote or will vote. And that's kind of cool. Like it's an informational act. And I'm going to miss that. I'm going to be like, you know, I don't know where you fall on anything. And can you put this mask on? Can I see how you would, hypothetically, how would you wear this if we had another pandemic? And then I can just, you know, engage or not engage. Now, if you listen to my last episode, I'll probably engage. But at least I know what side of the coin, right? And that's kind of cool. I will say uh, I know how you're going to vote and that you have a, a, what I call a man problem. And by the way, could be a woman. I'll probably do that on another episode. I'll probably do the man problem on an upcoming episode. It's, it has to do with, you know, just where we'll kind of the pathetic ways that we'll find what we perceive to be power, but it's not, it's not real. And it's kind of sad and it's cross gender and sexuality it has nothing to do with, but I call it the man problem because I like the way that sounds and you can't take that away from me. <clears throat> I lodged a complaint uh, today about an, a, a, a delivery guy who was like abusive and yelled at, at my wife. And so I called and I was like, she said, she didn't ask me to call. She couldn't handle, but she was like, this guy did. I said, I'm freaking calling. That pisses me off. Anyway, the uh, manager called me back. He goes, I'm sorry that you felt offended. I said, hold, it, 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 it. hold on now. Hold on now, Mr. Badman. This is not about how I feel offended. This is about your don't deflect. Your employee is an asshole. That's what this subject is about. It's not about my feeling about it. It's about that he did a bad thing, and he should he should he should apologize. No, well, I can't get. I can't. I can't. Uh, ooh, uh. New world. Sorry that you felt offended. That's not an apology. Sorry you felt. How about I'm sorry my employee acted that way. We there should be a book. I'm not going to write it. I may be booked out. By the way, booked out. Like I turned in my fourth and I don't know what's going to happen. I'm waiting for feedback. I may have to change some things. I got to be, got to be honest. Like most things I do, the publisher's like, I'm not really sure what to do with this one. And that's where I live. And it's, it's okay. It's I've, I've made my peace with that part of me. I don't know where to put myself any, in any place. Small steppers have no idea. I have no idea. I, I don't have any idea. Books. I don't know where they sit. They're just weird. And that's what it is. And my music don't know where that sits either. It's just what it is. It's fine. I'm not going to change. I am happy with it. So it's okay. Right. I'm successful in all those places, just not financially. Um, anyways. And so he, I don't know what to do about that, but I'm kind of booked out. So if you have an idea, if you want to write a book, here's the book. Uh, the book is uh, The Art of the Apology. And it's going to be, here, I'll write the synopsis for you. It's it's about how we have removed personal responsibility and accountability for things that we do wrong, that are objectively wrong. And by the objective, I mean most people saying would go, that's kind of a shitty thing that you did. And agree on that. But we are now apologizing for how that made you feel. Not, boy, I shouldn't have done that. Huh? 
The Art of the Apology. You guys heard it here first. And in fact, you can steal it. I don't even, there's no copyright here. You can just take it. I got this, just do me a favor. In the acknowledgements of your book, just go, this guy Sid, he's bald and he said the thing and it made me think about doing this book. And there, and that's all I need. That is all I need. I promise. Mm. I'm not drinking coffee. I'm not drinking bourbon. I'm having a beer. Now, if you're a podcaster or a want-to-be podcaster, best, little, little tip, don't drink beer when you're recording a podcast because of the bubbles. I This is my 153rd episode of this show. I did 222 of the last show. I'm seasoned. I don't care. That's where I, I've gotten to that point where I'm, I'm like, I'm drinking a beer and I may or may not be wearing pajamas. You know, like that kind of, that's where I'm at. This episode is called The Fear of Change. This is going to be about uh, adaptability and versatility. I'm going to tell you a little, well, quick, I'm going out of order on my notes. Thanksies and show notesies, okay? Thanks to the Patreoners that pay the things that they pay to help support this weird thing that I do. And check the show notes if you're interested in finding out more. Boom. This episode is Fear of Change, Versatility and, 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 and Adaptability. I'm going to tell you a little story, okay? Now, I wasn't going to mention this on the podcast because it's not really relevant, but I'm going to mention it because it is now relevant because it's a bigger picture, and here's what I mean. My daughter just graduated from high school, okay? Um, And I really wasn't going to mention this, and I swear this is not a thing where I'm trying to get this in, but she was valedictorian of her high school. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, She tied with two other uh, gals for valedictorian. They all three could not get a higher GPA than what they got. Literally, there's just there, there was just like, well, they're all, that's it. That's There's nothing, you can't do anything more than what you guys did. Kind of cool. Um, and so, uh, so valedictorian, so we worked on, uh, well, we, she wrote her speech. I looked at it. It was kind of a cool, I got to tell you, it was kind of a cool speech. The other two speeches were, were good. One of them was better than the other one. It's pretty typical of those other speeches. So my daughter wrote this speech, which was pretty thoughtful and kind of next level, but here's the secret about it. And nobody really knows. There was 22 Taylor Swift lyrics peppered into the speech and nobody knows. And I kind of cool. I was like, that's awesome. So we just kind of, I helped kind of, we kind of helped her nail down the, the quotes that she wanted. And then we crafted this thing. And it was, and then it was, and then she just did the rest. Very cool. I was so cool. It was very cool. Because like that's kind of, you know, because valedictorian speech. I wish we could all reach for the stars and spread your wings and, you know, that kind of crap. This was like, no matter what your end game is, like that kind of cool shit. I was like, that's the cool, good to work, I said. Out loud and in my brain. But so here's why I mentioned that. Not because I wanted to make sure that you guys knew. I could have mentioned it three weeks ago, but I didn't. Here's why. And I was toying around with this regardless is the night before her graduation. The night before her graduation. Graduation is on a Friday. Thursday evening, she tests positive for COVID. And it was a bummer. And that's an understatement because she could not walk at her own graduation. She could not give the speech for her valedictorian. That's why I'm mentioning this because what happened after that was a series of, you know, the stages of grief within five minutes. Like we were like, oh, that's a jet shitty with that. That can't be what, but that 
it worked out. We just made it work out. I got on the phone with the principal and the superintendent. I said, listen, you guys got to do something here because, you know, something. And because they were like, she can't come at all. And I'm like, it's in a field and it's outside. So first of all, shut your pie hole. And second of all, now what can we do? She, she it was very cool. So the, the, um, the other... Uh, so she stood out. There was two other people in the same classroom that tested positive. She, we have an idea of where she got it, but ne- neither here nor there. Although I'm going to finish up with a little bit of that. Okay, so she, we parked in the parking lot. They had spaces set out for us, uh, blocked off for us. We parked. They got out, and the entire class, as they walked into the field, uh, in walking, they stopped, and the principal came over. Everybody was masked, and he handed and and t- stood for a photo with the diploma. And the entire school, the uh, seniors, anyways, like clapped for my daughter and the two other. It was very touching. It was very cool. And then, but it was like all far away, like forty feet. And then the seniors w- finished their walk into the into the stadium. Then we, after that, walked into the stadium and stood. Not kidding like 500 feet away like we were in the very side of the whole football field on like park benches and we watch and we could hear it over the um, pa now side bonus of this podcast is that i have a very very nice podcast setup after my finishing my first show approaching the natural podcast i was like if i ever do this again i am getting like the tits of the of the of the of the microphone like that whole i got the great setup it's it's great so i recorded she i recorded her giving her speech i said to the principal i said listen i got a good setup here i said i can i record it and i'll email you that mp3 and can you get that through the pa system he said i think i can get that done so i emailed him we recorded it on a sounded it sounded like she was there i mean it was such a good recording it was really nice sounded like she was there and they just piped it in through the pa system and she got to hear herself give a voice uh, a, a speech how weird how meta is that she got to hear herself give the valedictorian speech Anyways, my point about it is, is there was a need and it was in the moment need, but I'm going to broaden this out and say that there's a need for all of us. If our goal is to live a happy and healthy life for versatility and adaptability, we did not shut down. She didn't shut down. She was upset. That's true. I was upset. My wife, everybody was like, holy crap. We had family coming in. A few of them turned around. Um, we had a party plan that didn't happen. We sat on the deck. We were going to do it inside. Like there was, you know, we had a couple, my parents came in, we did like a dinner on the deck. We just had to change up, right? Adaptability and versatility. I cannot tell you how many times I, this has come up with clients, the ability to be adaptable and versatile. This has come up with me. I mean, I have struggled. You've, I've talked about my tendency toward militancy and how that has not served me for years and how I have done a lot of hard work and gotten past that for the most part of changing things up and forcing myself to change things up. Here's how crazy I am. I want you guys to know how crazy I am. Okay. I, if I'm doing the cold therapy, I get in my cold tub this morning, 39 degrees. I get in, I do a little breathing exercises and meditation. It's kind of a thing I do. I've talked about it a thousand times. I'm not going to revisit it here. But, you know, I dread it and then I get in and then I calm down and then I do the whole thing every day and then I repeat as if I've never done it before. The next day I'm like, this sucks. And I'm like, oh, wait, didn't I do this yesterday? My point is, is that I I have a, a, a stopwatch there because I don't want to go too long or too short. And I want to do around three and a half to four minutes. I'm so crazy that if I look at the stopwatch to see where I am, it's, I have this need and it's at the bottom of my soul to finish on an, on an even time, like 3.30, 3.40. You know, if it's 3.37, I go, I gotta, I gotta wait. I gotta, you know, I gotta get to that. Is it a little bit of OCD? Probably. 
Um, in my age, and I'm not old, but I'm older. Um, what's cool about this is I'm not fighting that. I don't focus on that reality of me. I simply have focused for years on acting in spite of that reality. So what I sometimes do, this is not a joke. I will purposefully stop the stopwatch on an odd number because I have to make sure that I'm not falling into that pattern that for years didn't serve me going on a run, hitting a, a pace that was too hard for me, but I had to get it because that was the rule in my weird brain. Right. And so forcing myself, like I'm going to end earlier. I want to do four minutes. I'm going to end at three fifty-two, and it's just, and I just do it because I realize that trying to fight that reality in my in my personality or whatever that is psychologically i'm not a psychologist so i don't know don't care what i do care is that i'm not letting that dictate my actions day to day i am in some regard in some ways forcing adaptability and versatility just to make sure that i'm in a state of awareness of when a trend that is part of me starts to become in control of me and i go whoops i gotta stop that right the modern world among so many wonderful things, I sometimes I tend to be like, you know, look, Facebook, social media and junk food, everything. But there's so many wonderful things. I mean, FaceTime is one of those things. You know, Zoom is I'm work, I work with clients all over the country. That's incredible. There's some very cool and face to face. Like, it's great. But among among the wonderful things are also some some hard things for us to negotiate as as what I still see as animals, wild animals, even. And that is that the modern world allows us a level of rigidity, a level of regularity and monotony. It, it, it sometimes facilitates it, but it allows it. We are not forced into adaptability and versatility in the way that we would if we were living in the wild. And by the way, side note, and I mentioned this in my new book that my publisher has no idea what to do with, is why I prefer trail running over road running because there is a forced adaptability and versatility. The terrain dictates it the, ter the terrain of a trail unlike a very smoothly paved road and with clean nice right angles and lines and no rocks and crevices for the most part trail running you are have to be on your game because you will go down there is a need for adaptability and versatility but as values i also value them and coach people to incorporate those values of adaptability and versatility because i do believe that they they facilitate a better life the more adaptable we can be if we have plans and goals and are not able to change up along the way we lose most of us we just do we are so locked into that external what that thing looked like when we came up with it that we can't even step away and say we're missing the forest for the trees if you want to use that stupid i never quite know what that i'll just say it because it sounds cool we miss the forest for the trees you guys there's a forest there we miss it you know why because of the freaking trees we miss it because of the trees my point is is if, if we get locked into rigidity and regularity and monotony we become in a sense robotic we become a little bit like automaton and we we life will pass us by in that way. And the modern world just says, that's, that's cool. Just get up at 728 in the morning or me 730. I got to round up, set up the thing. They walk down and make your coffee and then get in the car and drive the same thing. And there's movies of office space, just the same thing. We can do that and we can do it well and we can make money at doing that and we can survive doing that. And we can have our three days of vacation doing that. And we can, but it's not, it doesn't tend to allow us 
to feel alive, if that's our goal. And I actually think that feeling alive is our goal. I was watching, I finished up Breaking Bad with my daughter, the one who graduated and couldn't make her valedictorian speech. Did I mention that? We finished the last episode and it, I watched it. This is the second time I've watched it. And I'll probably watch it with my twins at some point when they can handle the level of stress that is part of watching Breaking Bad from start to finish. But in the very last episode, the main character, Walt, who breaks bad, by the way, I don't want to give that away, but that's why he, he breaks bad. But the, the why, for a long time, he kept justifying his actions. It's for the family. I'm doing it for the family. And it was such a load of crap. I have a real problem with altruism. I, it's altruism. No, it's not. It's maybe holistically selfish, like you're doing something for yourself because and also you're getting joy from benefiting others. That's fine. But that's a, a thing that you're doing for yourself. Finally, in the last episode, he goes, I didn't. She goes, if you say you did this for the family again, I'm going to lose it. And he goes, no, I, I did it for myself. Finally, the reckoning. He said, I did it for myself. I did it because it made me feel alive. And I think that it, the brilliance of that show just came the second time watching. It was just way better because I got past the stress of knowing what was going to happen and actually got to listen to the kind of next level psychology of the, of the show, which is there. And as a coach and as a human in the same boat as my clients, um, working through adaptability, working through versatility, finding places in the world where in my life, where I can consciously and purposefully infuse more adaptability, not doing, not working out on a Wednesday because every Wednesday I've been working out and every Wednesday I've been doing it. Today I did a 19 minute bike and I had the voice in my head going, wow, 30 minutes, I should do 30 minutes. I'd usually do 30 minutes, I'd do 30 minutes. And it was a thing on my stationary bike, a little iFit program it was 19 minutes. I was like, no, I'm doing, it's fine. And I move around all day at work and I have to step into my life in those ways and say, who the heck are you in this, in this way? Like, are you the guy who has to do 30 minutes because it's a Wednesday? Good Lord. That's not who I am. That's nuts. The fear of change. It's like we get so used to the comfort of regularity. And in many ways, obviously routine does serve us. The question is what happens when it doesn't? What happens when that routine becomes in charge of us and not we're in charge of it? Can we break that trend? Can we break our routines? Can we get out of rigidity and regularity and monotony? Can we become versatile and adaptable? That is a question. Do you have a fear of change or are you able to step out on un, on a little bit of shaky ground for, for a tad? to establish new things that you want to do, new excitement and adventure and curiosity in your life. That, that's the challenge for, for all of us. I'm sorry, but it is. It's a challenge for all of us. We get very used to things and we kind of dig that comfort, but at the end of the day, the comfort can take us down, at least if our goal is to feel alive. Um, I, will, I will wrap back around to my daughter. I was proud of her about the valedictorian thing. And I got to tell you, Pride is a weird thing for me because people go, your daughter, oh, good. Well, congratulations. I go, what? It, but it wasn't like it wasn't me. You know, like I'm proud of her, but I go, why? why? Like she's a human being. Now, my wife and I definitely supporting roles in raising her and providing an environment of learning. I mean, I, you know, was there and my wife was too to, you know, help, you know, help edit her papers and help with math until she got to calculus. And I was like, listen, I love you. So you're on your own. I took calculus in high school and my brain shut down. It literally was like, I'm, it, it, that was it. So she was going through and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. That's exactly what I remember. But I was proud of her. We were proud of her. But what I think 
I was more proud of is, first of all, she didn't shut down and curl up into a fetal position in a corner. The reason why she tested in the first place, because she was vaccinated and felt fine. She had a, she felt a little tired. Like that was the only thing that was like almost asymptomatic. But my parents were coming in town and they're older. And she, and they were coming in town that day, that the day before the, the, um, the graduation. And so she said, I should probably test. And she was feeling a little bit worn out, but you know, a lot of things were going on last week of school. She could have easily said, that's yeah, I'm whatever, I'm tired because I've been, you know, doing things that's exciting, whatever, but she tested, she tested because my parents were coming in town and she wanted to do the right thing to make sure, sure enough, she was positive. And by the way, save the day. Because she would have been close to my parents. She would have hugged my parents and, you know, uh, you know, would have, there's a really good chance that would have happened. By the way, saved us. Nobody in my family, none of the twins didn't get it. I didn't get it. My wife didn't get it. We tested every day for nine days, nothing, no symptoms, nothing. She did the right thing. And I think I'd probably be more proud of her on that, in that way. And I mentioned, and I shouldn't probably say this, but I'm gonna. One of the other valedictorians showed up to school with symptoms and did not test because did not want to not be able to speak. And that's not okay by me. And there is a momentary pain of doing the right thing versus the long-term piece of that same action. And I think what we overlook about adaptability and versatility, we can look at it in the moment and say, hey, it's good to be adaptable and change things up. But, but notice this. When you are in a place of adaptability and versatility, when I make that decision to stop the stopwatch a little bit earlier or later, not on an even nice, clean, even number, I am aware in those moments. Adaptability and versatility, when we are in those moments, we are more present and aware. We are more present and aware. And because we are more present and aware, we are better equipped to have perspective, which is to say, I'm present and aware. I'm having to make some decisions that weren't, I'm having to do things that weren't in my plan. I'm having to make a decision that's difficult, but I'm aware enough and notice that as much as I don't want to do this thing right now, I know it's the right decision. And I know that even though I don't feel it right now, and I've done episodes on feeling because this is exactly the crux of it. I know that this is the right decision and then I'm going to do it regardless. Presence and awareness, when you're adaptable and versatile, when you change things up, you are automatically taking yourself out of that robotic automaton reality and into one of more perspective, awareness, and presence, and able to make those, at least in the moment, difficult decisions, even when the right choice in the moment, staring us in the face, couldn't be clear. Everything can make sense to me. 
And this makes perfect sense to me Waited away the numb We welcome the protection We talked a lot without talking We said what we knew to be said And now we are visited less But visited nevertheless This may not be a story to tell this may not be a story to hold But in the moment it was facing north We can't make sense of it facing north Facing north Facing north Facing no, facing no, facing no, facing no, facing no, facing.